It's hard to be the sole decision maker for your family. It's hard to look forward to a future that you didn't anticipate. And I think at the holidays, it's particularly important to remind ourselves of the hard road that we have been asked to walk. Our culture wants us to muscle through and shoulder through, wants us to paint a smile on our faces Mm -hmm. and try to look for the Mm -hmm. silver lining. Or, Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's just impossible to do Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. the world is so terribly broken and Mm -hmm. sin runs so deep and pain is so real. And it's okay to sit with that and lament it at the holidays. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate that even in the story of the nativity, where we have Mary there with her new baby, she's been given awful news. Mm -hmm. She's holding a baby that she knows has come to die. And, Mm -hmm. And what a mixture of joy and sorrow that must have been for her to carry these words from the angel that he would be Mm -hmm. a deliverer, Mm -hmm. that he would do mighty things, but that it would be costly. And to know this as she held this precious baby in her arms, Mm -hmm. it helps me to think of Mary at the holidays because there in that nativity that we see, you know, in folks' front lawns or on our coffee tables, we see a picture of what it means to be faithful in the midst of sorrow and in that strange mixture of joy and sorrow that marks our days, that like Mary, we can be faithful to the path that God has laid before us, embracing the joy that he places in our arms and also acknowledging the sorrow that is a part of our stories. God is a father to the fatherless. 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 Welcome to the Help I'm Raising Fatherless Kids podcast. I'm your host, Lori Apon, and we are in a mini series that I'm calling Home for the Holidays. And holidays are hard no matter what, even if you have a husband and you have a happy marriage and things are going well, there's just a lot to the holidays and they come every single month of the year. So if you are walking this road alone and you're raising kids without a dad, we know how difficult holidays can be. And so we're going to focus though on the upcoming holidays and mainly talk about Christmas And I'm super happy to have our guest today is Clarissa Mall. She's the author of Beyond the Darkness. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining us today, Clarissa. Thank you for having me. Clarissa is an author, as I just said, of the book Beyond the Darkness. One of my new favorite books on grief. I'll definitely be sharing it with widows and anyone who is going through a dark time because Clarissa, you just do a phenomenal job with that book. She is also a speaker and she is a podcaster. She has two podcasts. One is Surprised by Grief and the other, The Writerly Life. And so, Clarissa, thanks for joining us. I know that you have led groups talking about the holidays. But before we get into that, because we may have some women listening today who aren't familiar with your story. So tell us a little bit about you and your family and any background that you'd like to share before we get started? Sure, yeah. 
I was married for 17 years to a guy that I met at the singles table at a wedding right after we had graduated from college. This is long before online dating even existed. Mm -hmm. And uh, we had four Mm -hmm. children together and they are the joy of my life. They are in high school now and junior high and I've got one left in elementary school. And we live a really joyful life uh, here in New England. We love to travel and be together. And I feel like over the last three years since my husband's death in 2019, uh, our family has grown in incredible ways. We've become closer. We have uh, developed a real bond of love between the five of us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as as beautiful as that is, it has all come through sorrow. And mm-hmm. so I'm always keenly aware that the great relationships that we have with each other now have been born out of something really tragic. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband died in a hiking accident in 2019 on our mm-hmm. family vacation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was unexpected, uh, sudden, tragic. So halfway through our vacation, that was supposed to be a real highlight of our year together. Uh, instead, we were planning a funeral and a mm-hmm. burial and figuring out how we were going to live without him. So uh, certainly I can't talk about my life, even now, uh, the joys that are, exist in my life without without the shadow of that, uh, that loss uh, kind of uh, over everything. I am deeply sorry for that loss and for the tragedy and the suddenness and all of a sudden your life took a sharp turn to the unexpected and the unknown. And, and yet, you testify that God has been faithful. Do you mind telling me how old you were at the time? Sure. I was 41 and my husband uh, was was 41 as well. Okay. And your children, how old were they at the time? Um, they were 7 and 10, 12 and 13. So they were wow. young. Young and one just on the edge of going into the teenage years. Mm-hmm. And so some pivotal times in their lives. That's right. Well, again, I'm sorry. And moms, I'm sorry for whatever circumstances brought you to a place of even talking about the holidays without your husband and without daddy in the home. And what does that look like now? So, Clarissa, what did the holidays look like during the first couple of years? I I didn't want to celebrate, I'll be honest. I was not interested in doing any of the traditions or rituals that had marked our holidays in the past. They all felt very hollow without my husband there. It felt like pageantry uh, to be performing this thing mm-hmm. that I just, my heart was not there. Mm-hmm. But there Mm -hmm. was a tension there, too, because my children did want Mm -hmm. to celebrate. Mm -hmm. For them, Mm -hmm. traditions and rituals were a way of anchoring themselves Mm -hmm. in a past that had been really beautiful. And so there was that tension there of mom not wanting to do anything, kids wanting to do things. And Mm -hmm. and how do we figure this out? How do we navigate this so that, uh, you know, certainly nobody's really going to be happy, but at least Mm -hmm. we could uh, find a compromise that worked for all five of us. Mm -hmm. As it turned out, you know, we did a little of everything. Sometimes we participated and sometimes we didn't. Mm-hmm. It required a lot of taking temperatures. I, I'll often ask my kids, what's the temperature of your heart today? Because mm, uh, I just needed to know where we were at because uh, after a significant loss, whether it is the death of a spouse or a divorce or a separation, uh, 
children's feelings vary dramatically Mm -hmm. from day to day, sometimes within a day. And a plan that we had made for that evening might suddenly be derailed by a meltdown earlier in the day. And I needed to be okay and be flexible Mm -hmm. with that. Mm -hmm. So the holidays after, immediately after my husband's death were marked by that. A lot of communication, a lot of flexibility, and a lot of compromise as well. Absolutely. And I love checking the temperature of the hearts of our children because that's what we do as moms. We have to stay tuned in. We are carrying the grief for our children. We're carrying our own grief and we're also sharing grief together. And so to be sensitive to all of that, as well as sensitive to how the Lord is leading our family, which is different from families who have a mom and a dad. It's different from how we did family holidays when our husband was here as the leader of our home. And yet moms are the ones that oversee sometimes the atmosphere in the home. And and we have the role often of making Christmas special. And so you said you didn't want to do anything. It was hollow. Did you keep some of the same traditions? Did you just create new ones? How did you handle all that? Yeah. Well, I think about the first the first Christmas, we had always gone skiing as a family mm-hmm. after the holidays. Mm-hmm. And so I decided that we would do that again. That was just something that I wanted to do. Um, mm-hmm. of, mm-hmm. of the various things that were suggested, that was one thing I could get behind. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. we did that. We drove up into the mountains and we skied. And we had hopes to go to a Christmas Eve service while we were up there. And over dinner that night, we just felt like we couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. I had been apprehensive and started to wonder if maybe the kids were feeling that way too. And so I asked them, do you still want to go to church tonight? And no one wanted to go. Mm -hmm. And uh, I determined that we had done enough emotional heavy lifting for that Mm -hmm. day, Mm -hmm. having gone out and skied something that we had done together as a family that had brought us joy, that brought so many memories of my Mm -hmm. husband along with Mm -hmm. it that uh, maybe we were ready for a quieter evening. And Mm -hmm. so we went back Mm -hmm. to our hotel and had our own little Christmas Eve time together reading the scripture. And and it was quiet. It wasn't Mm -hmm. exactly the Mm -hmm. way it had always been, but it was what we needed in that moment. And that's kind of how I decided to navigate the holidays after that, trying to choose the things that felt like they would provide us touch points to our loss And then also open us up to trying some new things that might feel different, uh, but were just what we needed in the moment. And we didn't set any new traditions. Uh, We didn't say, well, from now on, we're not going to Christmas Eve services anymore. We'll just always sit and read the Gospel of Luke in a hotel room, (laughs) all five of us together. But we just said, for this moment, for now, this is the right choice for us. And uh, it was exactly what we needed. That's such good wisdom and how um what month did your husband die so how many months were you into the grief process when christmas came he died in july so it was a week before our wedding anniversary Mm -hmm. Uh, it was just a month before his or two months before his birthday so we were headed into a holiday season with anniversary birthday thanksgiving Mm -hmm. christmas Mm -hmm. my birthday in january it was just boom 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 so Mm -hmm. yeah was a lot of celebration that we faced right away. Which is hard, yes. But it does come and the season changes. It's almost like the season's changing now. And so 
we go into our closet and it's like, oh, okay, this is now because of how fashion does, no longer in style. Well, am I going to be brave enough to keep wearing this because I like it? (laughs) Or am I going to throw it out? Or how did I all of a sudden not have any fall clothes when somehow I wore clothes? And so it's kind of the same way with what we're keeping and what we're letting go of. And then maybe, you know, well, even letting go of a Christmas Eve service. And I know you talk in your book about going to church. Mm -hmm. Now, church is hard for women who that was that was where our joy was and it's not that we have the wrong focus that our husbands were everything about church but that's that surprises us often so I guess what I hear you saying is be gentle with yourself and give yourself permission to release some things that you might have thought I would never not go to a Christmas Eve service but we cannot think about going to a Christmas Eve service. So that takes a lot of courage. Yeah, I love your analogy of the of the clothes. I think that's a great analogy because there are sometimes as you're going through your clothes and changing from the seasons where you say, you know, I haven't worn this in six months and I probably should stick it in the bag for goodwill, but I'm going to hold on to it mm-hmm. for one more season mm-hmm. because, you know, I may want it later. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a good thing to remember mm-hmm. when we're talking mm-hmm. about determining what we will and won't do at the Mm -hmm. holidays in grief. There are some things that are a definite no. There are Mm -hmm. certain things that we say, okay, bag it, send it away. I Mm -hmm. I don't ever want to see this again. Mm -hmm. And then there are other things that we say, well, yeah, I I can wear this this season. It's not going to be comfortable, but I can do it. Mm -hmm. And then there are those traditions, those rhythms, those activities that you kind of feel like, I'm not ready for it now, but maybe later, Mm-hmm. I I could do this. And I always encourage folks, you know, don't jettison all of the traditions. Beware mm-hmm. of those kind of mm-hmm. always and never thought patterns mm-hmm. that can creep mm-hmm. in, especially at the holidays. You know, we'll always have this seat empty at the table or he'll mm-hmm. never be here to carve the turkey again. And, mm-hmm. you know, that those things are true. You know, there are things that are very permanent about our loss. And yet there's also a lot that we may just not be ready to engage with mm-hmm. at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, the things that you're unsure about, hold on to them for another season because you may want to pull them out later before you get rid of the ornaments, before you get rid of uh, the mm-hmm. special decor mm-hmm. that was a part of the season that just feels so plastic and fake now mm-hmm. in the face mm-hmm. of your loss just stick it in the closet because Mm -hmm. it'll be there next year and you may feel differently about it after some time has passed, after you've spent some time really integrating your loss into the person that you've become. Um, So it doesn't have to be an all or nothing experience, uh, especially on your first set of holidays. Absolutely. And you've heard the phrase when it's talking about friendships, make new friends, keep the old one is silver and one is gold and I think it's the same way with making friends with the holidays and like you're just saying don't throw it all out but even when it comes to friends you know I I right now have a friend I've pulled out a pair of jeans that have been in my closet for 20 years and you know I need a friend to say yeah I think they actually will work or what are you thinking get rid of it but we also so I need that you need a trusted friend even with some of I'm walking through grief, but we also have to be careful that we don't let some friends who might end up being old and we scoot them on out because 
they haven't experienced what we're going through. And so they may be quick to offer some wisdom or counsel that just isn't helpful. And so even weeding that out. But let's get back to the conversation on holidays. What have you found to be the hardest part about even anticipating the holidays? Did you find anticipation is sometimes as hard as the holiday itself? Yes, certainly. Yeah. Anticipation is the hardest part of the holidays, the counting down, Mm -hmm. whether it's counting down to Christmas through Advent, counting down to Easter through Lent, uh, the, the bustle of the grocery store before Thanksgiving, that weekend before Thanksgiving, where Mm -hmm. everybody is harried and you know, okay, we've only got a few more days left to make the pies. You know, those kind of countdowns can be uh, a just a real gauntlet for grieving mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. And and part of that is that we have lived in anticipation, joyful anticipation in the past. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. those are our those are normal emotional and mental rhythms. Mm-hmm. And it's I think important to acknowledge that that anticipation mm-hmm. isn't a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, if you anticipate the next shoe that's going to drop, you know that that anticipation the the impulse to do that it's natural. Mm -hmm. And then, Mm -hmm. okay, what are we going to do with that anticipation Mm -hmm. then Mm -hmm. as we anticipate something that's going to be hard? Well, I always recommend that we just dial back. Okay. Have Mm -hmm. I taken Mm -hmm. care of myself first? Mm -hmm. That old Mm -hmm. put on your mask before assisting others beside you that they tell you on airplanes. Right. Am I nourishing my body? Am Mm -hmm. I getting the rest that I need? Mm -hmm. Um, Am I moving in a way that releases tension and anxiety? Am I spending time in prayer or other Mm -hmm. meditative practices Mm -hmm. that allow Mm -hmm. me to center my heart on the truth? Mm -hmm. Um, And Mm -hmm. then, you know, it's amazing when I find that I've kind of checked off those boxes in my head, Mm -hmm. I feel the anticipatory anxiety start to decrease. Mm -hmm. And I realize that a lot of the work is internal. It's Mm -hmm. far less about the external parts of it, uh, Mm -hmm. figuring out what we're going to eat or what Mm -hmm. we're going to do. So much more Mm -hmm. of that anticipation is centered in in my own inner life. Mm -hmm. And so getting those parts of my life in order, I think it it plays out in in healthy ways as I anticipate the the actual holiday arriving. Absolutely. It's almost like I compare it sometimes to... PMS for a woman (laughs) and her hormones, you know, and how sometimes the week before your cycle actually begins, everything's off, you know? That's right. So it's almost like that. There's this pre-memory syndrome, like what is it going to look like without him? And so we, there's this building and stress and grief don't look good on any of us. And so, like you say, it's just I think anticipation can be time of preparation. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what it's going to look like. And I think it's combating all our fears. Like, what if I can't do this all by myself? And what if we completely fall apart? Or what if my kids have a horrible Christmas and I didn't do a good job? And so it's releasing the expectations. So many things that we have to work through. And then we come to that special time, you know, where again, the holidays are an important part of life and they're an important part of childhood for our kids. And we can all look back on our own Christmas experience, holiday experience. And and when we get to do it in our own homes, like we go back to the closet analogy, 
we throw out some of the things like, oh, I can't do Christmas like we did that aspect. But then there's other things like if I can hit repeat on how my mom did this or how we we do that. And so for moms, you all are maybe this is your first Christmas and it is scary. There's a lot of fears and because we don't want to hurt. So how can we just bypass all of this? And you just can't bypass it. It's like in that toddler book, we're going on a bear hunt. You can't go around it. You can't go over it. You can't go under it. You just have to go through it. And so you've talked a little bit. You did talk about preparing physically, emotionally, spiritually, and all the things. But do you have some practical tips? You had four children. So you were practically, physically preparing for Christmas as a single mom. So what are some tips that you can give to these newbies to single moms who it is their first time, or maybe some who are listening, they're like, okay, it's not working the way we're doing it. I need, I need some helpful thoughts and ideas on how to do it differently. Yeah. Well, there are three that I have kind of adopted from the Hospice Foundation of America that I find really helpful when I think about how moms can take charge of the holidays after loss. Mm -hmm. They say uh, there are three main things that you need to do as you anticipate the holidays. Choose, communicate, and cope. And I really like those. Mm -hmm. Um, Choose to me is about being the adult in the house. A lot of times when we are trying to make a decision after loss, we Mm -hmm. feel like we don't want to disappoint anyone. And Mm -hmm. so we Mm -hmm. solicit a lot of feedback, Mm -hmm. perhaps more than we would have solicited when Mm -hmm. our spouse was present. What do you think, kids? You know, what should we do? And really, Mm -hmm. it diminishes our role as the gatekeeper Mm -hmm. of our families, Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. being the authoritative adult. Mm -hmm. And so I encourage moms, go ahead and choose. Mm -hmm. If you don't Mm -hmm. want to celebrate Christmas this year, that's okay. You can make that choice for your Mm -hmm. family. Mm -hmm. And one missed Christmas will not damage your child forever. Mm -hmm. Uh, In the same way, if you choose to jettison certain traditions and adopt new ones, and that doesn't go over super well with your Mm -hmm. family, Mm-hmm. That's okay too. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're all learning as we go and divesting yourself of authority by kind of gathering too much feedback, perhaps from the peanut gallery can make Absolutely. the holiday decision making even harder. Um, the second piece of it, I would say, is communicating. Mm-hmm. Once you've made your decision, mm-hmm. communicate with those around you. Mm-hmm. One of the hardest parts, I think, of the holidays is having to interact with other people and mm-hmm. their traditions and their mm-hmm. expectations. And so as much as you're able, communicate your needs and your desires to those around you. Mm-hmm. Only say yes to holiday engagements that you know you can back out of without hurting the person's feelings, somebody mm-hmm. who will understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're going to need extra space at Christmas, maybe, you know, I, I let your host know, you know, this is really hard for me because this is the mm-hmm. first one without my husband. Mm-hmm. I may need to step away for some quiet mm-hmm. if it gets overwhelming. It's amazing. Mm-hmm how well things can work when we communicate our needs mm-hmm. to those around us. And then the third one is coping. It's uh, I love uh, the grief researcher, George Bonanno says, cope ugly. Doesn't need to look pretty. Just go ahead and do your best because the actual act of stepping forward and doing the hard thing in whatever way that looks to you actually builds resilience. Mm-hmm. And so those moments mm-hmm. where you feel like, You know, I tried to do this special thing with the kids and it was a total failure. No one wanted to do it. That's actually just even your attempt 
mm-hmm. is building mm-hmm. those muscles of resilience mm-hmm. over time are going to grow strong and will empower you to flourishing again. That is so good. One of my mentors, not just related to the holidays, but often she would say to me, there were a lot of Indians in the house and they needed a chief. And I didn't want to disappoint them. They had already gone through a lot of tragedy. But at the same time, children find security in routine, in rhythms, and God set up parents to be the authority. So that's really good, even when it comes to holidays, that sometimes, mom, we don't need a vote. Just That's right. The biggest vote is to seek the Lord and hear from Him on what He wants us to do and how He wants us to handle those days. But very good tips. Choose, communicate, and cope. I like that. So often in the early days, families without a dad, families who've gone through loss become the community project, maybe. (laughs) And that, that might sound, I don't mean that to be negative, because people want to help. They want to soften the blow. And so sometimes that's overwhelming, though. But did you experience a real meaningful act of kindness that you'd like to share just as encouragement for moms? I think about the the gifts that arrived without labels on them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think about the meals that folks brought that uh, that weren't their reinvented holiday leftovers, you know, a, a unique meal at the holidays that For was sure. a, a gift. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think about the folks who sent us cards of mm-hmm. their happy families mm-hmm. that as painful as it was to see someone else's whole family mm-hmm. smiling back at me as I opened those cards in the mail, it was a gesture that I wasn't forgotten. Uh, Mm -hmm. There were some folks who didn't send cards that year after Mm -hmm. my husband died. Mm -hmm. Maybe they just didn't want me to hurt more. Mm -hmm. They they Mm -hmm. felt like Mm -hmm. putting their faces in front of of mine would just make it very painful. Mm -hmm. But what I ended up feeling was forgotten. And so um, those Mm -hmm. folks who reached out at a happy time with their happiness, Mm -hmm. um, I appreciated that. And yes, it was hard. It was hard to mm-hmm. um, to be at a Christmas Eve service mm-hmm. or to see uh, other families who were so excited about going places together. But it was also a reminder that in the very loneliest times, I wasn't truly alone, that there were mm-hmm. other people who remembered me and remembered my loss and remembered my kids. That brings up another really good point. Moms, it is so easy to fall into this trap. It's an enemy to our healing, and that's envy. Um, you know, and, and it's good sometimes to turn off social media because we can't emotionally handle all the joy, especially the families that are going to the pumpkin patch together, the families that are doing things as a whole family. But we have to, I want to give a warning because God is doing a new thing in your family. And just because there's not a dad, just because there's not a husband, doesn't mean that your family is less than others because God does walk right in. And I know you said in your book, Clarissa, that one of the hardest things that someone said to you is that God is your husband. And I took note of that because I... I say that often um, (laughs) because 
he did become my husband, but I know it's, and I know you said you found him to be your husband, but in the early days, you couldn't handle that. You wanted a physical, tangible husband, but God did design families to have a mom and a dad. And yet at the same time, when the dad is removed, God steps in as father to the fatherless, and we have to look to him in that way. And eventually, mom, you'll look to him. He's not going to be a physical husband, but he's going to act as a husband, and he's going to use others as that vessel. But we have to be careful of envying the lives of others that they get to have this happy Christmas, because you're only in a season. Joy will come again. You will get to the other side whether the Lord brings someone else into your home and you remarry, which is biblical. I tell all young widows that remarriage is biblical. Paul tells Timothy, let the young widows remarry. But if you're called like I have been, I'm 24 years later in the calling of remaining a widow, there's still joy. There's great joy in the holidays and there's great joy at Christmas. And we have to be careful not to look to the left or to the right and the joy that others are getting to have and just allow God to create this new life that he is doing in you. So that was just good wisdom. So Clarissa, how did God hold you and your family during the holidays? I think that as I remember that first Christmas season after my husband died, it was mostly in the stillness that I felt held in the the moments that were just quiet outside in nature where i was reminded of god's goodness to the birds that somehow found food mm-hmm. even when the snow was covering the mm-hmm. ground the beautiful evergreen trees that maintained their gorgeous verdant needles mm-hmm. in the midst of the snow and the cold weather mm-hmm. that god was taking care of all creation and he would take care of me too Being in nature helped me a lot as I considered how God was holding me then. I think too about the quiet moments that I had with my children all Mm -hmm. in that hotel room together when Mm -hmm. everyone was asleep and I wasn't quite asleep yet Mm -hmm. and thinking Mm -hmm. that that there was a shift happening that Mm -hmm. for so long I had felt like a mom with kids Mm -hmm. and now I I was trying to look at the five of us and say, Not those are my children, but this is my family. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a subtle but important shift Mm -hmm. that began Mm -hmm. in that holiday season as we tried new things, as we built new traditions, as really God was holding us and and remolding our family into something that was just right for where he had placed us. I think, too, of of the family and friends that were such a warm and welcoming Mm -hmm. embrace Mm -hmm. that really were the hands and feet of Jesus to us in that season Mm -hmm. that acknowledged our pain and gently celebrated with us, provided us the space that we needed. All of those things were really the working of the Lord through those Mm -hmm. people that gentle shepherd who knew when to carry and knew when to offer comfort beside streams of water, that kind of care we saw in the people around us. Oh, we couldn't do it without the body of Christ, right? I remember my first Christmas Eve, I had eight children and the people had been so kind and so generous and I was overwhelmed with all the gifts and I was trying to 
as the night went on and the clock was ticking, like morning is coming. And it, it was like this snowball was getting faster and faster. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to arrive at Christmas on time. I can't do this. And the emotions were building. And I reached out and called on Christmas Eve night, a couple who didn't have children. And I said, I need help. And that was a hard call to make. But I'm like, I can't do this. I need help. And they were there. They came and they helped me in the last minute, put together the toys for the little ones and they helped me put it out. And I was almost embarrassed because I'm like, I don't even want you to see all that my kids are getting. But it was like, but look at how God is blessing you. This is this is a blessing. And they were part of God holding me. They God used them to physically hold me that first Christmas holiday. So mom, it is going to be hard, but the sweetness of the Lord to come in. And like you say, Clarissa, it is in the stillness. Sometimes we're so afraid of still and quiet, but as much as we embrace pain, it's also good to embrace still and solitude because it's in that time that God shows up sometimes in the loudest way. It's just in that quiet moment and still. So let's talk. I've been asking the same question with the other ladies and the other moms. So what did it look like on December 26th and maybe the week between Christmas and New Year's? You make it through and and then what happens? How was it for you? A lot of relief. <laughs> A lot of relief. Well, we've made it. We made it. In fact, my kids used to uh, make fun of me because I would often say, "Look, guys, we made it," and uh, and it did feel like a triumph. It every every step of that journey felt like a triumph. Mm-hmm. And yes, there was letdown. Yes, there was um, a, just a rolling of sadness that came in mm-hmm. like the tide. I think you can muscle your way through hard things, but mm-hmm. grief always catches up with you. So if it didn't catch up with you on the day of the holiday, it'll show up afterwards. And you may need to give yourself a little extra sp- a space after the holidays are over, even if it's if, if you've gone low key. Mm-hmm. Um so there was certainly a lot of grief, but also coupled with that relief mm-hmm. that this thing that we had felt like we couldn't do, we had somehow cobbled together a celebration. We had done this hard thing together and we had made it. And you never have to do the first time again. <laughs> and that's such a relief to realize yes. that every other holiday and the skills are transferable the wisdom is transferable once you have done one hard holiday without your spouse you have all of that knowledge to take with you to the next one mm-hmm. and uh, you've gleaned some wisdom you've figured out what worked and what didn't and you can try something new and the amazing thing is that you are parenting children who are growing and changing all the time mm-hmm. and so the things mm-hmm. that feel hard today won't necessarily feel hard again, that as they grow and change, they'll need different things. They too will adjust to their loss. And um, and Lord willing, the more you engage, the more you communicate and, and are thoughtful about your experiences around the holidays, the easier over time they will become. That is so good. And in your book, I refer to her book often, moms, we'll put a link in the show notes to Beyond the Darkness because you will want to get this book, but you talk about grief being our companion. Mm -hmm. 
And so that's what I hear you saying now that, yeah, we can try to shove grief in a box and pray it doesn't burst out at an unacceptable moment (laughs) or time. And it will, it's going to, it might be in the grocery store. It might be where you think everything's going fine. And the next minute, surprise, it's not okay. But the more you embrace grief as your companion, I love that. It will become a gift to you, even in the holidays, even the day after the holidays. When it shows up, we almost want to welcome grief because it does teach us a lot. And even scripture says that we will comfort as we have been comforted. That's a a gift that comes with grief um, until we walk this road. And, And even for our children, we feel like how terrible it is that our children go through this suffering as children. But in God's sovereignty, He has entrusted suffering to them at young ages. And then how we steward that suffering and how we lead them is going to be used in their life, I believe, for good. And so thank you for sharing that analogy in your book. It's so helpful, again, for moms and for all of us to realize that stop pushing this horrible thing away. Because even, you know, we're taught in Scripture that trials are a good thing. They make us shine like gold. The wrestling that comes leads us to embrace God and Maybe it does uncover some things about our faith that are necessary for us to see and that we grow through that. So I love that. I love it so much. So anything else that you would like to say to moms, to young moms who are going through this that would be encouraging or helpful or maybe a a caution, whatever you'd like to share? I think it's hard to be the gatekeeper for your family. It's hard to be the sole decision maker for your family. It's hard to look forward to a future that you didn't anticipate. And I think at the holidays, it's particularly important to remind ourselves of the hard road that we have been asked to walk. Our culture wants us to muscle through and shoulder through, wants us to paint a smile on our faces Mm -hmm. and try to look for the Mm -hmm. silver lining. Or, Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's just impossible to do Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. the world is so terribly broken and Mm -hmm. sin runs so deep and pain is so real. And it's okay to sit with that and lament it at the holidays. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate that even in the story of the nativity where we have Mary there with her new baby, she's been given awful news. Mm -hmm. She's holding a baby that she knows has come to die. And, Mm -hmm. And what a mixture of joy and sorrow that must've been for her to carry these words from the angel that he would be Mm -hmm. a deliverer, Mm -hmm. that he would do mighty things, but that it would be costly. And to know this as she held this precious baby Mm -hmm. in her arms, Mm -hmm. it helps me to think of Mary at the holidays because there in that nativity that we see, you know, in folks' front lawns or on our coffee tables, we see a picture of what it means to be faithful in the midst of sorrow and in that strange mixture of joy and sorrow that marks our days, that like Mary, we can be faithful to the path that God has laid before us, embracing the joy that he places in our arms and also acknowledging the sorrow that is a part Mm -hmm. of our stories. Mm -hmm. 
I love that so much. Thank you. Thank you. And we know that Mary pondered and treasured those things in her heart. And so we pray for you, moms, as you're doing that. You're taking in a lot. You have a lot. You have a big job. And I love what you're saying to Clarissa, that joy and sorrow run on the same track. So would you be comfortable praying for these moms as we close out? Thank you for being a part of this today. And if you don't mind, I would love for you to just pray for them as we enter into the season of Christmas. Sure. Lord Jesus, you came to us as a helpless baby. You knew pain and suffering. You came and became like us in every way. And so at this season, we know that we are not alone in the suffering that lies before us. You're the man of sorrows, acquainted with our grief, and you are also our Prince of Peace. And so we pray as we enter into this holiday season, that even as we know you as our companion in sorrow, that we would know you too as our Prince of Peace. Be to us the mighty God and the wise and wonderful counselor. Mm. Give us wisdom to make decisions that are difficult and give us your peace, knowing that you have walked before us and you walk beside us, that you never leave us alone to our sorrow and that you have promised redemption and good things to your beloved. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Ladies, thank you so much for listening today. I pray that you will share this with other moms. Again, just to hear Clarissa's heart and encouraging us towards the Lord and to trust the Lord and to embrace the heart, embrace the suffering. So please share this with others. We would love it if you would give us a rating and a review that helps to get the word out there. Check out Clarissa's podcast and order her book and come back next week. Until then, may the Lord hold you close as you are coming in and making your home special for the holidays. Mm -hmm.